it was pretty good. And he's like, I was thinking about doing a podcast or whatever. Are you still doing your thing? I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, we got like 600 episodes. So then he's like, oh, my God, I got to pick your brain. What are you doing? How are you doing? I was like, I mean, nobody listens to these. Yeah. So. I mean, the key is to keep doing them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's hey, look, right. Lo- lots of people still have it uh, subscribed on their phone. That's true. Even if no one listens. That's factually to it. accurate. In fact, that's what this guy said. He said, I think I subscribed, but yeah, exactly. I haven't listened to an episode. I was like, well, thank you. We appreciate your service, sir. Exactly. I'm sorry. Did I tell you that this uh, there was this woman that came into the bar um, at my age? She's got about a 14-year-old daughter there watching. Uh, was there a priest? Watching, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a rabbi. And a rabbi. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just chatting, talking about stuff. I mentioned I have a podcast. She asks about it. She comes back in. You know, lovely looking lady. Very sweet. She comes back in like a week later and she's like, hey, I've been uh, listening to your podcast. And I just turned like beet red and I was like, Mm. "Uh, uh, uh, (laughs) uh, uh." and then um, she ordered a beer and, and she's like, can I start a tab? And I was like, no. No, you drink free tonight <laughs> because I can't. I'm so smitten by you right now. There's no reason you should listen to my nonsense. <laughs> I'm sure she's stopped by now. So the show is costing you money. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. <laughs> I only. I That's only a get, write-off. Nah, that she doesn't. Right she doesn't. Off. She didn't drink a lot. She only had two drinks. It wasn't. It wasn't that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a write-off. <laughs> it's show promotion. Save your receipt. Yeah. Save the, yeah, yeah. the receipt, man. You got the receipt, right? Yeah, so actually, the, the, I'll shout this out uh, to Pacer Nation. If um, you come in and say you're uh, a subscriber of the podcast, the first round's on me. <laughs> you got to listen. You got to listen to an episode. Yeah. You, you got to say you listen. You just listen. <laughs> you, gotta say, you have to give me one detail from, from an episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't remember what I say on the show, so it's fine. You can make something. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> just say, yeah, you guys were talking about the Pacers and how they're, you know, can't rebound. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You get a 90% shot. That's what we were talking about. (laughs) They're super awesome, but they suck. Right. Mm -hmm. Something about that. Yeah, 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 you definitely listen. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you. And I don't care if I get fine. That train is off the track. <laughs> I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly. Oh, damn it. Nailed it. <laughs> it's making the clip show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Unbeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 617, coming to you from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland. It's the doctor, Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to try to figure out what happened 
with the Pacers. Plus, we'll have a stat of the week and answer it on the Google Bowl. Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast like buttered toasts. First, from Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, it's Thirsty Thursday. Drink up. Hmm. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Before we start the show, just want to remind you folks that you can support us every time you shop at Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just follow the link in the show notes or go to the undebeatables.com slash Amazon. Uh, so when you do all your holiday shopping, you can uh, support the show. Be great. Uh, so, right. uh, so J- Jason, I don't want to offend you. Oh. I, you know, I mean, I know this is the thing that I do to, to, to Joey all the time. Sure. I just yep. interrupt him, but yep. Um, nope. Sorry, I just that. remembered that you were going to interrupt me, and I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm less offended. I mean, okay, you're super okay. consistent, Colson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've got a boomerang. Mm. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, when you edit that, can you make it like go from ear to ear? I'm pretty sure that's yeah. how the the uh, that that shit works, right? Okay. Or, yeah, I don't we, know. You're our technology wizard. <laughs> well, no, we've got a um, a jingle for that, and I think yeah, it, I know. Yeah. I think it goes from ear to ear. What we'll okay. about? Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bango, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then a, a, a bango ate your baby. Um, <laughs> so a couple, a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, was awarded uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Mm. And, player of the Week. Uh, uh, player of the Week. And I wanted to... Uh, he became the 16th Pacer Whoa. to get Player of the Jesus. Week. And uh, I, have a f- I have a little bit more information than I did uh, on the previous show. Uh, the player of the week slash month stuff happened in the 79-80 season. So mm. there will not be Pacers wow. before that. And um, the 2000, uh, 2001 was the first season that they started splitting it east and west. So before that, you would just be the player of the week for the whole league. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, 16th player... So you got 15 guys to choose from. Uh, Harper, starting with you. Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller is correct. If it wasn't, I was going <laughs> to quit the show. <laughs> just walk away. Yeah, uh, just... What's what's fun is that he got uh, Player of the Week in 91, 90-91, actually February of 91. And he also got Player of the Week in April of 2005. Wow. So that's that's a pretty good stretch. That's pretty dope. Yeah. It's Tim Duncan-esque. Reggie. Yeah. Reggie. Reggie. Right. <laughs> what you got, Jason? Uh, let's go with uh, the the inimitable uh, Paul George. Paul George. One, two, three, four, five. He did it five times for the Pacers. He was good for a <laughs> He while. was good. Uh, from 2000. Uh, 12 December uh, all the way through 2017 April. He was the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Harper. Jermaine O'Neal, who was actually mm-hmm. awesome. 
Nice. J.O. is amazing, uh, but only player of the week twice, at least as a pacer. Really? Yeah. Mm. God, that guy was like shortlist for MVP one year. I'm surprised yeah. that he didn't. Yeah. yeah. So uh, December 2001 and January 2003. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo did it four times with us. And uh, and three times in the 2017-18 season. Wow. Why? All right, what you got, Harper? Did uh, Danny Granger ever get one? Danny Granger did get one. Nice. 2007, November. Starting out the year. I mean, I could have told you that, but you know, I didn't want to see any thunder. Right, exactly. You got to give the stack keeper a little bit of love, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jason. How about Jalen Rose? Jalen Rose, March 2000. Nice. Yeah. Harper. Uh, is there a person's in there somewhere? There is persons in there. Uh, March uh, 1989. There's many people, but there's also persons. <laughs> there's also persons. Yeah, you're going to know all these guys' names, so you're, you're doing great so far. How about Rick Smits? Rick Smits. Brick nice. Mitz. Uh, several times. Oh, well, twice. Uh, in March 95 and uh, January of 98. So shout out, mm-hmm. Rick Smits. Harper. Did we get a Tinsley? We did not get a Tinsley. Damn it! Nah. All right, this the is easy, one. Jason. You can you can you can wrap this up. Um, mm. Well, I'm not going to give you any hints until after you've got okay. it figured out. It's <laughs> good of you. Uh, I'm going to go with Troy Murphy. <laughs> oh, interesting. No, no. Uh, you're both back in. Um, think of uh, players previous to uh, Rick Sm- or previous to Chuck Person, maybe. How about a Clark Kellogg? Clark Kellogg's not there. No, um, probably he probably got Rookie of the Week, but he he didn't do much after his rookie season. So, yeah, but um, he was there for a whole season. That's true. I'm just <laughs> following true. your advice, man. I blame you, Colson. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Vern Fleming. Vern Fleming. There, there you, you go. go. Uh, Herb Williams and Billy Knight all got players of the week. Wow. Uh, and then more recently, actually, uh, think uh, think Jermaine O'Neal's era. Uh, At Davis. Our test. Got it three times. He's actually listed as Metal World Peace here. But yeah, three times player of the week. And then Thad Young got it. Whoa. December really? 2018. Uh, Bojan got it. Oh, Bogey. February 2019. And then um, Demonis Sabonis has a couple Don't of them. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Should have got bonus. Yep. 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 So that's the uh, 15 other players that have uh, that uh, Tyrese has joined. So shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Thanks for putting that together. That was yeah. a fun trip down memory lane. Right. Uh. Okay, so just one topic I wanted to delve into this week. So, uh, you know, we're recording on Sunday, so things will have happened between now and when the show comes out on Thursday. But uh, early returns on this West Coast road trip are uh, not so good. You know, we Mm -hmm. gave up 137 points 
to Sacramento. I'm blanking on the name. Sacramento. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, 139 points to the Jazz. Uh, and we were pretty despondent, I think, on Monday's show about the, the state of this team. And a week ago, or even you know two weeks ago, we were ecstatic about this team and where this team was going, how excellent they were playing, they're executing, they're getting wins against top-notch teams. So what happened? Why all of a sudden are we just not good? I don't understand. Colson, what do you think? Well, I, I think there's there's a few things. I mean, I, you know, we kind of talked about how this team was uh, sort of ahead uh, of its uh, of its rebuild uh, because mm-hmm. Halliburton uh, was such a leader, an orchestrator on and off the court for this team. Um, we were talking about the revelation that is Benedict Matherin and how he's been playing like a veteran. And, and then you get, you know, career years from, uh, miles Turner and, uh, you know, a buddy healed and you're going, yeah, this is, uh, this team is, is playing great. I think when you draw out what we were doing, which was playing really effective offense and mediocre defense, if you miss a few shots and you stop playing elite offense, I mean, even if you're playing elite offense, but if you're not keeping up that that field goal percentage, that mediocre defense is the only thing you have to rely on. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it definitely seems to have slipped on this road trip, but we weren't, we were playing, I think, uh, you know, before this bad stretch, only, you know, 20th or 23rd in, in defensive rating you know it's not like we're locking teams up and I sure. think I think uh, if your only plan is to outscore the other team you're not going to be able to do that every night so that's one thing there's lots of things but that's I think that's a piece <laughs> Harper do you have a hypothesis yeah gravity I mean it's just reversion yeah. to the mean right like, mm. we've played remarkably well on the road thus far going into this road trip for a young team this season, especially one that's hyper-reliant on shooting more threes than the franchise has ever shot, right? Um, and a real youth movement. It's hard to play on the road in this league. We got lucky mm-hmm. a little bit early on finding soft competition in teams like the Brooklyn Nets, which maybe you <laughs> didn't think that you could just walk all over. Uh, things lined up really well for us early on. Guys didn't know we were coming. There wasn't any sure. tape. Uh, we were hitting the threes. Obviously, Halliburton puts guys in great positions to succeed, which he continues to do. But as the season progresses teams are going to be more motivated to win against us. And as they do so, it's going to get tougher and tougher to beat those teams. Uh, and it's going to get tougher and tougher, certainly, to win on the road. And so a long road trip with a young team is a big lift. It really is. That that win against the, the LA Lakers was really something special. I mean, that's like a franchise. That's like a historically good win. That's like a really cool win in a million ways. Um but it's not going to be the most important thing that happens this season either, right? Um, you know, it's it's sandwiched in the middle of a, you know, so far a one and four road trip. <laughs> like it, we got, uh, you know, it's going to be a long season. Uh, I don't think anything has changed a lot. You know, I, I think that the Clippers really showed how weak we are in the front court. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, letting Zubats go 14 to 17 and rip down 29 rebounds. I think that that is a glaringly large spot that I, I, I don't know. That That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So early, early on in the season, just to get some, some numbers to this, like if you look at a statistical defensive rebound percentage, which is when you're playing defense, the, the percent of missed shots that you pull in early in the season, we were in the top five, really top 10 of a uh, defensive rebounding percentage. And now we've dropped down bouncy to, guys to 21st, right? Mm. So that means no, we're we giving a up a lot of guy. offensive We have rebounds, one bouncy guy. Right? <laughs> in Jackson. Yeah. And uh, so you're giving up offensive rebounds. That's on top of the fact that teams aren't even missing that many shots because <laughs> you're not playing good defense. So the few times they're missing, they're getting uh, an offensive rebound in an inordinate amount of time and giving themselves an extra possession. So that that's one example of that uh, on that end of the floor. Well, and I, I, I was saying that we were uh, we were kind of middling a defensive rating uh, to begin the season. Uh, we're now currently 21st, and I think maybe we were a little bit higher than that to begin with, maybe like 17th, 18th. Uh, but we've gone from flirting with a top five offensive rating to 15th um, hmm. fairly quickly. So, yep. And net, net points. Uh, we're the only team with a negative net point rating in the top eight. So... <laughs> Don't expect mm. us to continue to be sitting on the four or five spot. Well, and that's the other thing, right? I mean, we're there are so many teams that are twelve and eleven, right? We drop three games, we're going to be in like the eleventh seed, like in by the time this comes out, maybe. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to drop from five to eleven right now with the way the East is all bunched up. So, I think you're you're right, Harper. Uh, you know, reversion to the mean. You know, we kind of expected to to not be in the playoff hunt. And I think that's going to show itself at least through this stretch fairly quickly. But so are these changes in these regressions to the mean, uh, you, you attribute it not necessarily to changes in the way that we're playing, but more so maybe changes in the way that teams are playing against us. Like they're putting in more effort. You know, the Pacers aren't slipping past their radar on the schedule anymore. And, I mean, we haven't had a chance to practice, so <laughs> sure. No, I sure. mean, I think I think Halliburton makes everybody's life easy on offense. I think sure. if you try to make Halliburton's life a little bit harder, um, or if you close out on shooters a little bit faster, like it's easy to take some of the the shine off of us. I I I think that teams also are realizing they can bully us in the middle. I mean, I, I really do agree sure. with you, Harper. That that that. Uh, that had been, I mean, the Minnesota game, we just got destroyed on, on yes. rebounds. Those two big yes. guys just punked us. You know, Zubat's going for 30, and 30 is just unacceptable. That's not great. Uh, and and I think that, you know, we've got a, a you know, a ton of guys. You know, uh, we've got a, a Isaiah Jackson, a Jalen Smith, a Miles Turner. we got a Goga. we got a James Johnson. we we got guys you can throw out there. But, you know, over Miles Turner's career – We've learned that he's not a guy that's just going to go take a rebound from you. He's just not. He's not going to out hustle you for that board or out tough right. you for out yeah. down low. Devonis Sabonis was the guy who did that for us. Right, right. But you know, um, he also he didn't play. Yeah, he's gone. He also didn't play great low post 
defense. You know, he but he at least I mean, arguably neither does Miles Turner or Jalen Smith based upon the Zubots <laughs> experiment. <laughs> yeah, I mean they all got bullied. And you know, they they brought in I, I thought uh, uh Carlisle brought in um Bataze at some point and brought him in too late. Like I thought he was actually slightly effective, but it was already way too late by then. Like I don't know. I mean, so so you mentioned Carlisle, and and I think an, another factor in this is his penchant for playing small lineups. Like he loves to play three guard lineups, or essentially four guard lineups with one big out there, and which is very effective and hard to defend. And if we're hitting our threes, then the net we're gonna you know have a chance to win. But if we're not, we're just getting abused on the glass and down low on the defensive end and and smart teams are able to take advantage of that i think <clears throat> do you think the if uh, so word on chris duarte is he's going to be coming back um in you know when we get back from this road trip is that gonna help hurt what do you guys think about uh duarte's impact on this team i mean duarte's a player I you know he's not gonna hurt anything for sure. I think he's a good teammate. I think he's a good guy to have on the floor. I think he plays plus defense. Uh, you know, obviously his offense been a little up and down over the course of the season. So we'll, we'll see what the time off does to his shot. Uh, but he's a plus defender, and you know he's a guy you want out there in your rote. Uh, I I know that Rick Carlisle will figure out how to deploy him correctly. But the fact that he wasn't out there has nothing to do with any of the rebounding problems per se. Right, right. It's not like it's not like he's a uh, you know go to rebounder for us. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, he's not going to he go does... out there and Tim Duncan the problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, he's, <clears throat> he's at least more size than. Yeah. I mean, Nimhard basically has been starting instead of Duarte, right? And yeah, and he's like you're giving five seven, four inches, <laughs> yeah. five he's, inches. There, he's right? six so, like, two. Yeah, yeah. He's six um, two in high heels, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it and, and um what Duarte, what, six five? Six six yeah, six six? Six yeah, something like yeah. that. And rangy at that. Yeah. yeah, and 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 one of the things that you do like about him is that he doesn't make mistakes usually with like being sloppy with the ball. Um, you know, he's uh, he's pretty savvy with that. I, I must say that I, I uh, you know, we were really careless with the basketball for this entire um, first quarter of the season. And I feel like our turnovers, and maybe this is just, um, you know, I'm not looking at the actual numbers right now, but I feel like we've been turning the ball over less lately um, on this losing streak. <laughs> so I don't know if, what that means, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like we're t- turning the ball over left and right. Yeah. I That's feel what like makes we're that Halliburton stat. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes that Halliburton stat so phenomenal is he you know what was it it was a three-game stretch of 40 and zero and then if he stretched out a little bit further it was like 53 and three or something like that assisted turnover ratio meanwhile the rest of the team was like give you go 20 times a game (laughs) that's that's bad so um, but and we're also moving the but ball to be expected i guess sure and and like we're moving the ball as well as teams like golden state right like yeah. we we really are moving the ball and we're pushing the pace and you know golden state and you know it feels like they just kind of created that out of nothing but i'm sure they had these kind of growing pains too guys 
are going to have to learn how to play in this system. And it is a fast and loose system. And, hmm. you know, this is this is something that will get better, I presume. I hope. If not, there's going to be problems. Uh, but you got to play it to perfect it. Um, I, I, I'm not that worried about the team rebounds. And, or the team You're not worried about the rebounds? Okay. No, I'm not worried about the turnovers. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that Halliburton's always is already this good at it is it's like it's spooky it's frightening it's quantum so scary uh, i i am looking over the last five games uh nine turnovers against brooklyn uh, uh 11 against the clippers nine against the lakers 15 against sacramento like these are really low numbers for us like we've been averaging well over 15 before this before this stretch we had 18 against utah but uh, yeah no we're just not defending men <laughs> so we're not turning it over as much. We're just not. Yeah, we're just not defending a shot. Well, uh, our expected win loss at this point in the season, according to basketball reference, is 11 and 11. We're 12 and 10, so suck it, odds. Or <laughs> congratulations, odds. You were yeah. extremely close. Yeah, apparently, uh, basketball references uh, algorithm is quite good. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, this also has us at number one in pace right now. So that tracks. Yeah, I mean, we do play. We fast. definitely go. <laughs> we get yeah. the ball and go. Like yeah. so, that is fun to watch. I would just, uh, I would really like us to, yeah, play. Does slightly this change better your to... calculus on on how is it? So I had gone from starting the season fully embracing the tank, right, and being like, all right, this is great. And then getting excited about this team, seeing them have some success. And I had like switched over to being like, wow, this we might have caught, you know, magic in a bottle. And then let's see what this team can do. And now they're playing with my emotions again. Like, right. what is going on? Right. So Welcome how, to how, the should, fan, how are you friend. guys dealing with this as fans? <laughs> like, are you <laughs> embracing the uh, the uh, the fall back to the mean, I guess. Or well, the, the I, I to gotta say expectations? that the uh, the Sacramento and, and uh, Utah games were really disheartening for me because it felt like the end of last season, which I didn't enjoy. I mean, you know, I wanted to like see who Halliburton was going to be and all that stuff, but like I really don't enjoy zero defense. Um, yeah, sure it's just no. not that fun. That was to watch. a lame duck session. Right. Yeah, and and this reminded me of that. I thought maybe the whole season would be like this, and I was like not looking forward to that. You know, because if your guys are developing, you know, um, but they're just playing freaking rec ball, like are they really right. developing? You know, um, they're learning an no. offense, Last but year like, no. yeah. And so I don't want to, you know. And I thought. Carlisle surprised me. I was giving him a hard time for being such a bad coach at the end of last season. Um, I really was. I was like, maybe this guy doesn't matter anymore. You know, maybe this guy is is aged out of being a coach that matters or whatever. Um, but I thought he's done a brilliant job at the beginning of the season. These two games, you know, really, and and the Minnesota game, honestly, they just really hurt, and uh, you feel like you're you're backsliding a little bit. I don't want my young players to, you know start getting bad habits you know yeah i of course i get it yeah i mean part part of the nba growth process is figuring out how to handle yourself on a a long 
West Coast <laughs> road swing, right? I mean, this is the first time that a lot of these guys are doing it. And definitely the first time with this particular cohort. And I don't know, like, maybe that's, this is part of the growth pains, I guess, right? Like, realizing that regardless of the effort that you put forth in one game to, to come back against the king and get a big win, like, the next team is is waiting in their gym, ready to kick. Right, it doesn't care like, about it. Right? Two days later, exactly. Yeah. Right, and yeah. and you know, part of it too is like as as good as we play, we're not a perfect team, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. and the further along that you get, the more that you will be picked apart, right? Good teams yep. find weaknesses and exploit them, and that's just what happens. And the more tired and mentally fatigued you are, the easier it is to get picked on. And that's what's happening right now. And that's okay. I mean, these guys are young and, you know, they're, they're, you got to see the holes to plug the gaps, right? Yeah. I am perfectly happy with this team where it's at. I've enjoyed this season a lot. These guys are a ton of fun to watch. I mean, again, that Lakers game was so outrageously fun. Uh, I mean, really, this team has, you know, a ton of it. Ultimately, I still think that not losing 60 games this season is like short-sighted on some level. I'm happy with this team doing what it does. I don't want to promote a culture of losing. That's not the goal, clearly. Uh, and I know it's hard to, to keep all the balls in the air or put all the balls on the ground or whatever the proper metaphor here is. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs for sure. I mean, the most important thing here is just not to panic because these guys are good and they're confident. I'm not worried about them at all. As long as people keep their heads screwed on straight, I mean, we're good. Whether we whether we end up at 20 wins or 40 wins, we're good. We just, you know, we got to stay together uh, and, and do our thing. And, you know, there's going to be, I promise you, a lot more talk about <laughs> Miles Turner and Buddy Heald before we get to the trade deadline. Sure, um, for sure. So guys just need to block that out, do their thing, and just, you know, come to work and work hard. Yeah, uh, you know, 37 wins and the 10th seed is worst-case scenario, right, as far as draft pick and not getting anything out of the playoffs because you're going to get just destroyed by somebody <laughs> trying to play in tournament. Um, There's nothing wrong about that. I mean – it, it, it's a potential outcome. It is. Not super excited about that outcome. I don't know. It's it's the process, right? <laughs> like, for lack of a better term, it's the road of how you get there, right? Like, so, you know, if, if, if we work our butts off and win a bunch of really fun games and develop a bunch of talent and we end up in the 10, fine. Like, it's fine. It would, Is it the optimal outcome? Probably not. But, you know, lending in the two seed is probably not optimal either. Well, and it's not going to happen. Like, well, but even if it did, over a 10-year time spectrum, probably not right. It would be a flash in the pan. And, you know, I, for me, I mean, all you got to do is just trade Miles Turner and Buddy Hill for Anthony Davis, and <laughs> everything everything else will work itself out. It'll it's work itself fine. out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. Good plan. I got it. On that note, uh, since we figured it out, I think we uh, earned a break. Let's uh, let's have a pause and listen to some music, and then we'll come back and have some fun in the second half. 
We gotta, we gotta ride in a way. You saw what about you and all in a way. We call them up and they ride on the way. Light up a plane and I pile it away. We got on, we got on ride in the way. We got on, we got on ride in the way. We call them up and they ride on the way. We call them up and they ride on the way. It's over by you and all in the way. Uh, lit like three, four days. Uh, click bout eating always. Rock pops two, four K gold chain. Uh, not a scratch, not a print, not a stain. Uh-huh. Whipping in the oven with the flame. That's bones, high fire, die line with the base. Uh, try around all y'all lanes, go past. I'm a ball hog all damn day, no pass. Cause I've been a prince and I've been a president. I've been a simp and I've been a legend. On the man rusty and I'll be pivot. On the whole roster, play every position. Show for the stars all the way from the basement. Talk for a month, you be praying for a day's end. Yeah. Or a Motel 6 or something Shit. Yeah. We don't apologize at the pat loud uh. Bullshit is faded around in the background uh. Starving all this game, paid in that town uh. Still a nigga don't know how to act now uh. Open all your cabinets, see your motherfucking freezers uh. yeah. Taking what you got, I praise the Lord and pledge allegiance uh. Pray the loud, they the loud, hot bars with black Jesus uh. Take it to my island so my dogs can get the feasting uh. All we gon' live is a pile of bones in the side of the road on the highway that's on now. I've been counting my sins out. I've been writing my scrolls down. What do you want from me? What do you need from me? So I'm just doing for the money. So I'm just wanna make history. Everybody wants something. Go ahead, state it simply. Cause all I know is I ain't got time and I got shit to do. We got on, we got on riding the wave. Yeah. We call them up and they ride on the way. So far back, you and I'll in the way. Yeah, light up a blade and I pile it away. Later day, later day, I lay awake, waking back. Bones dropping AOAs, still got beats on lay away. Friends in the background fade away, niggas in the background fade away. Shit around here can't stay the same. I've been on my business day. Freddy pulled up his son on rim, we were looking in the window like who's inside. So far ahead that you look like an insect in the distance, so I magnify. Lean in the cut with the lean in the blunt while you lean in the cut, that's suicide. Matter of fact, I'll let you decide. Matter of fact, I'll let you lose your mind. And we're back for break. Uh, good to be back. Uh, Joey is out this week. Uh, he is indisposed with more important things to do than uh, gab about uh basketball and whatnot no that's the most uh, important thing in the world he is he is <laughs> so on top of things that he sent in a stat of the week and the enforcer is going to enforce uh statistics on to us i believe right factually accurate <laughs> joey stat of the week so as of a meeting where else are you going to talk about time than Versailles, France? A place where you go to waste away all of your time. <laughs> if you have enough money, we decided to stop using the leap second. Now, I know you're worried. Don't be worried. We're not going to stop using the leap second until 2035. Mm. And then we're only going to stop using the leap second for a hundred years. So by then we'll figure out how to stop using the leap second. I don't think there's any follow-up questions. You guys are good, right? <laughs> okay. 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 A, a couple questions. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So 
so in my understanding the leap second is added to our calendar because the rotation of the earth is slightly different than our clocks is that correct sure (laughs) (laughs) and so we have to add this random second every some odd years to make sure that the clocks match up with the the earth's sun stuff Yes. Essentially, the way that we experience time does not match up with, you know, actual, yeah, the actual time, uh, you know, of the earth and stuff. Wait, so is this a... (laughs) Is this a thing we we add annually or daily? So apparently we were adding like a second a year, like every... No, no, I should say we added a second in like three of 10 years or something, which seemed like too much. Okay. Um, what's, what's wild is that, that we, we do this thing where every four years we add a whole day. Right. <laughs> like, right. It doesn't mess with time. I don't understand. Well, but I mean, we had basically nailed time and then quantum physics happened. Right. And like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it doesn't change very much, but it changes just enough. Over a time horizon to screw you, right? So everybody voted for this except the Russians. And you're thinking the Russians are dicks. And and you're right. But that's not <laughs> why they were dicks about this. They were dicks about this because they actually trained their GPS satellites to build in this second. Oh. And it's not, right? So good. they didn't need the leap second. So by mm-hmm. us outlawing the leap second, they're like, you, you guys are driving us nuts over here. Right, so so that'll screw up their satellites by abandoning the leap second, and that's why we're waiting until twenty thirty five. They asked for twenty forty. So they can recode a hundred percent. What's happening? So that's, that's ten years to recode. That seems generous. Thir- 12, 13 years. I, I, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of code. Yeah, yeah, dude. We'll set Colson on to be done in two months. No problem. Well, I just figured their satellite would crash by 2035 or whatever. You know, don't they just go, don't they eventually burn up in the atmosphere? Uh, no, geosynchronous satellites do not do that. Uh, oh, okay. they, they literally follow a point on Earth uh, forever. Forever, okay. Yeah, and that's what GPS does, so. Uh, Man. Okay. And, and then so, the whole point of this is in the next hundred years. So we're not going to change anything for 100 years. Right. And then, but, right. But the point is that someone needs to figure out what the solution is after that. So we need our metrologists to get together. And these aren't people who study metrosexuality. It's people who study time. <laughs> they need to get together and figure out how to make time work again. And, 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 and then after 2040, we should, you know, by then we'll have it figured out. No problem. Okay, so we're giving it up in 2035. We're going to hold on to it for the next uh, 12, 13 years. Then we're going to give up the leap second. And then they're saying that someone will figure out how to figure this out. What if we figure it out in like the next 10 years? Well, I mean, that's the point is that hopefully we will. But we've just got a little bit more runway there just in case. Over the next 100 years, the actual change in time is going to add up to more or less a minute. Right. So it doesn't, it's not going to affect human behavior in any meaningful way. So, so a hundred years, we just, we'd be off a minute. Yeah. After a hundred years. Yeah. Why do we do this stupid thing then? Why do we keep time? 
Great question, Coulson. So <laughs> that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Capitalism. Yeah, because trains. Because trains. <laughs> yeah, if I'm in a hundred years when I'm missing my train by a minute every day, I'd be real pissed. <laughs> yeah. I remember having long conversations with Coulson in high school about how uh, time is a construct and we should get rid of clocks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people will just show up and do the things that they need to do when they need to do them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. My my personal I favorite still time in quote that. is uh, <laughs> is Otto von Bismarck, uh, who was German, where the trains are always on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I would rather be late a hundred times than run once." Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so. nice. It's to live by. Yeah, it's it's good to be it's good to be the king. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, well thanks uh, for covering for down for with Joey the leap seconds. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it's just been killing us. Exactly. This is why we have well, Joey do it normally. Question. I just I opened it up to a Q and A with no purpose. I still whatsoever. I still don't understand why we have to get rid of it. Who cares? That time. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're I mean, clearly you not the time s- guy, dude. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, if if our system is slightly like if we have to adjust our system a little bit, why don't we just keep adjusting our system a little bit? Okay, well, uh, for instance, uh, the last time we made this change, uh, system crashes included Reddit. <laughs> oh, I see. When we add the leap second, it throws off uh, computers. Yeah, Every, our, okay. our entire planet runs on time, man. Okay. Okay. So they just want, yeah, so busy. So GPS so GPS uses it down to like a, a thousands, millionths of seconds. And okay. Yeah, okay. all these programs use it. This is why Y2K was a fear, right? Like, right, 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 right. Timekeeping is ultimately important. Okay, fair enough. I'll allow it. Oh, okay. So is, is the leap second why we experience deja vu? Hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> That's because of our, our, our AI overlords, because we're living in a simulation. Uh, yeah. Okay, right, 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 right. Ah, simulation. I always yeah. forget. Did, did, oh, this, this is a way for us to uh, get out of the simulation, I think, because we cracked the code. Mm. Now, if we don't add that stupid leap second, then, then we'll, we can crash their computers. That's how they were keeping us down, that leap second. <laughs> exactly. Jason, you're, you're, you're the, the doctor, the science uh-huh. guy. Yep. Uh, somebody told me once that... Um, Deja vu was um, your uh, optical something or other not being processed by the thing and instead being like skipping and being processed by the memory part of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what the paper said. <laughs> that was the uh, abstract. No, no. So, like, when you take in information with your eyes, there's a part of your brain that processes that, right? Correct. And that that if it if it misfires and then it was processed by the memory part of your brain then you would consider it deja vu. Yeah, I think it has to do with the, um, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but you're pretty much right. The idea is that for us to be conscious of anything takes a lot of processing, and we don't really understand the the neural underpinnings of of consciousness necessarily, right? But there's a lot of processing that goes on subconsciously, right? And one theory is that Exactly. Your consciousness of a situation is basically playing catch up or like things were out of sync at some level. And so you 
have a prior perception or whatever right almost like a memory right that that this has been happened before but you're but just it, experiencing but, right, you're experiencing it. Yeah. right okay exactly there i don't i don't know what the I science no is idea on if that. that's like actually been proven or like how you would test that but Remember that's when one, we? That's we, a theory. Yeah, uh, uh, we get on. Maybe we get online. Remember when, like, there was like very few papers on yawning. Like maybe, there, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe this is understudied, and you should start getting your rats on this one. Yep. Yep. I'll uh, see what I can do. Yeah, if you could just get, get your mice, rats to nail down. Experience deja vu. Could you just get them to nail down consciousness for us? Because <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be great. And also the leap second. Do that first, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for tackling uh, that. <laughs> that was a tall task for a stat of the week. Let's move on to uh, America's favorite, uh, fastest growing internet sensation: the undegoogles. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Uh, Jason, I hear you've got a good one this week. I do. Okay, so I have a kid now. Um, and we have started, you know, we, we just, parenting is just, coming up with random ideas to entertain a child for the infinite amount of time that they're awake. It's a and whole gig. It's that's the whole plan is just, Oh, I got to keep you engaged so you don't destroy things. So, <laughs> uh, so, so we started doing, giving Ethan uh piggyback rides. Oh that, you know, yeah, man. Jump on my back. I love piggyback let's, rides. Let's do a piggyback ride. You got to hold on tight. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Here we go. And I got to thinking, why in the world do we call this a piggyback? Yeah, pigs ride? don't do that. Nobody rides a pig, and pigs don't jump on other pigs' backs. They as sure far don't. As I know. Well, I'm I'm thinking that's wrong. I think people do jump on the backs of pigs. Really? You think people boars maybe? Pigs are pigs are big, but they're not that big. Plus, and- we ride like. Everything we had like horses yeah. and and boars murder and people bulls right yeah you know I was thinking like you know when the kids uh, piggybacking and they're like they got like a strangle hold around your neck and you're like don't choke out dad while you're piggybacking mm-hmm. I'm wondering if if there was a we gotta choke out some pigs back <laughs> in the day you just <laughs> jump the... you jump on the back of the pig and choke them out yeah okay or or. Before people got smart and like uh, funneled pigs into the right place for slaughter, you had to jump on their back and wrestle them to the ground. Yeah, like yeah. Wrestling. With I the definitely pig think mud. that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to jump on top of a pig and bring it down. Seems Sweet. not super fun. Well, and seems I, like and a actually, thing that you're doing in you know in anticipation of murder. It's, right. it's like not super playful. <laughs> it's not super playful. It's also why did you just yeah? Why don't you just spear it or shoot it or 
you know, there are lots of other things you could do. Probably, you don't want to scare the, the other pigs because they're so smart. Like, yeah, I think I think you would scare the pigs uh, by jumping on the back of one of them. I think that would also upset. do the trick, right? <laughs> sure. Well, the, but the the orientation of the the piggyback ride doesn't make sense. Then, right? agree. Like it, you would think we would call a piggyback ride if you got down on all fours and then had your kid ride on your back. You'd call that a piggyback ride. Not when you're standing up and carrying them around. So you're saying that it, for the metaphor to work, that a pig has to be on a human's back? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that... So another game that we play is we... Put, we uh, you can be a horse. Right. Dad can be a horse. And so I'm on all fours. And the I'm kid on jumps my on hands you. And, and that's not and called piggybacking? Back. That's not called a piggyback. That's a horse. Okay. You know, we're playing horse. A ride horsey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. But a piggyback ride is specifically when you're standing up and they're hanging off your shoulders. Yes. Now, it's also worth remembering that pigs weren't 1,200 pound behemoths before crazy human intervention with drugs so they used to be a lot smaller if that means okay yeah so and less likely that you would ride them i would think unless you're a tiny child oh Oh, yeah maybe this is like a fun game you know what that actually makes a lot of sense you know we used to uh you know everybody had like 15 kids because you had to like work on the farm like you basically Mm -hmm. were we're having children to be um you know farmers yeah no they're free labor this is the whole point of having children yeah. yeah, and I wonder if, like, you know, you got all these kids, and, and one of the, the pastimes was you got little kids riding pigs, and that's, like, real fun. Like, maybe less murdery and taking down the pig, and, like, more of, a, like, a pastime. Yeah, because I'm thinking that, I mean, pigs are actually pretty sweet little animals for the most part. Sure. When you're not trying to murder them, mostly. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's possible. Okay, and then somehow, and and how what it, how does that get transitioned to the kid jumping on your back? It's just it, it's at night, and the the kid uh, can't go jump on the pig's back. So no, no one could afford back. a horse. There was no such thing as a horseback ride. So this might help us with the time frame, right? So, okay. um, so uh, England and the some other whatever sixteen hundreds potentially. Potentially. Mm, sure. And then, and so you get kids riding the pigs for fun, and then when they jumped on your uh, the parents' back, they associated it like sort of thing. Like, so the only other thing that I had is that because pigs, prior to being big fat fuckers, um, you know, you probably could playfully pick them up on your own back and carry them to slaughter. So <laughs> carry them to throw, slaughter. So you throw them over a little your bit, back. right? Like that's maybe a thing that you could potentially do if like they a, weigh fifty okay. and not five hundred pounds. Did you? You have? Do you? But you have like a? Do you have a pig backpack? Okay. Like some sort of sling? No, um, the, the the pigs are just playful and fun. Like, like a oh, burlap sack. That you I, throw think, them I in. think you need a, like a burlap sack because no. I don't think you could just like hang on to them while you're walking. Probably could. My like humans, they're like, oh, my human wants to play. We're having so much fun. This is great. <laughs> my human wants my to human. play uh, to to the bacon store. <laughs> All right. Is there any other? Because I was trying to think of other like alternate. We don't call anything else a piggy, 
right? Like, well, the, the, you know, it did make me think of uh, uh, playing piggy, like when you do the, the little toes. Mm. You know, this little piggy went to market. <laughs> this little piggy, piggy went. went yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And that's what does that come from? I don't know. It comes from slaughtering pigs to market. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. And so, but we turned that into a toe game yeah. for kids. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's related somehow. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's all one thing. Yeah, why Why did we start calling toes piggies? Yeah. Right. I mean, they do because... look kind of piggy-ish. <laughs> it's kind of amorphous. Yeah, thing. amorphous, pinky, <laughs> you know. If your kid crawls on your back uh, with their feet, the little piggies. Yeah, children are amorphous little blobs. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, all right. So we're thinking. We're thinking this (laughs) came from farming culture. Yeah. But before people could have horses, or before I mean, rich people had horses, but like. I mean, you could have horses, but most, yeah, every yeah, we've had horses for a long time, but yeah, the poor. Um. People didn't have horses. They had pigs. So, so we're thinking... I mean, it could come from any time period, really, at that point. It could be... Could it be could 1800s be 1800s in the US. <laughs> Like, right. they had, they had horses and right. pigs back then. Right? <laughs> Good call. And I gotta think that this is, like, a common thing. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna say humans have been doing this since the beginning of... Yeah, time. whatever this thing is... Yeah, whatever yes. this thing is. Carrying their children on their back, yes. I mean, yeah. like monkeys, yeah. like, do this yeah, is how you they carry get your kids on your Super back. Super true, yeah. Yeah, for sure. To say, so, yeah. to say nothing of marsupials. <laughs> well, right. But, you know, you, you think of hunter-gatherer, right? You know, like if you're like you're traveling a lot, um, you know, as a, uh, as a people's. Yep. You're throwing your kid on your back and you're heading out, you know? And it's just that it, having had a kid is just a natural thing. It's just at some you point, got your kids around. Like, they didn't have strollers. I would rather they're, carry they're sitting this. sitting down and they're like at the same level of you and you're like, yeah. get on, buddy, let's I'd go. I'd rather carry this baggage than listen to it whine. Yeah, so that... <laughs> right. Or <laughs> running yeah, away from a boar. While you're holding its hand or whatever. <laughs> or a woolly mammoth. Who knows? <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to say this. Go- I, I think this goes back. Yeah. Pliny the Younger. As far as we can go, yeah. Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder. Well, no, but I don't think the phrase goes back that far. Clearly, we've been carrying our children this way since the dawn of time. But I think it comes from uh, in the pig ri- kids ages. riding pigs. Yeah, uh, uh, let's say uh, let's say 17th century <laughs> <Perfect>. France. Okay. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You gonna sure. go Austro-Hungarian in time? <laughs> <laughs> We haven't. They haven't showed up yet. Yeah, I'm gonna go. That this is like, uh, you know, it. I mean, if it's not like Pliny the Elder, then I'm gonna go like strangely like American West or something. Like, it's just like a okay. weird colloquialism that just okay, yeah, didn't exist before that. It feels a little bit like Civil War time. I mean, it feels Southern. like it feels like Pliny the Elder. Like, <laughs> Middle Ages, uh, England. The origin stretched back to the mid-16th century when people called carried various goods on their backs or the backs of animals. Uh, the term for this practice back then was pick-pack. To piggyback. you picked up a pack and put it on your back. Yeah. That's what I'm getting as well. 
Yeah, pick a, a pack. Pick pack. Uh, then went to pick a back, and yeah. then it became. It, it literally has nothing uh, to do with pigs. Uh, of course, because why would pigs it have anything nice. to do with pigs? It's just, of course. Pick okay. could also yeah. mean pitch. It's a pick a pack. So the too. leading theory okay. is, yeah, pitch pack or pick pack. Ah, God, uh, why is language so dumb? It really makes undebeatables hard <laughs> when, like, they just make stuff up. Piggyback didn't come around until the 19th yeah. century. Or well, something. Yeah, earlier, probably. Pick a, pick a back um, was in the 18th century, and pig a back was used in a thing called a dialogue in the Devonshire dialect, uh, which was published in 1837. Piggyback was being used in the U.S. by the 1800s. Oh. Well, I mean, I think we nailed it, right? <laughs> we did not nail that we one at all. We were kind of right on a time frame. Uh, uh, the if... fastest mile piggyback race, according to Guinness, is 11 minutes and 11.81 seconds. What? Set in 2015 by Jordan Botwright and Owen Larson. That's my dudes. Larson was carrying Botwright. I would say that, yeah. So I don't I don't think Botwright is uh, involved here at all. That was set by Larson. He was carrying Botwright. Yeah, I mean, but you got to be like a, 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 you know, it's like leaning with the bike or against the bike on a motorcycle in the back. I don't know. Maybe he was helping somehow. Helping during the turns, like getting the uh, uh so the pick... weight. Just yeah, exactly. It's just lean into those. <laughs> um, so pick pack leads to pick a pack. Leads to picky pack. Like I said, which leads to picky I don't. Pack. I don't understand how we didn't nail this. Cool. Right. That's exactly I think that's, what I we'll said. We'll listen to the tape. I'm pretty sure that's how Harper started this whole thing. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. No. That, that was that was a good one. I like that one. Good one. Thank you for that. All right, uh, Pacer fans. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you were, if you. Um, stuck around just for the nonsense the undegoogables there you can actually subscribe to that in its own feed you don't need to uh listen to all of us talk about basketball nonsense uh but if you do uh we are glad that you're here and we thank you for listening you can reach out to us on twitter at undebeatables uh if you have any good things for undegoogables um send them there uh we are also on facebook dot com slash the undebeatables you can email us shout out at the undebeatables.com uh, we also have a contact form on our website the undebeatables.com uh, and while you're there you can pick yourself up a t-shirt smalls only for the architect donnie walsh and our once and always coach bobby sicklander turn Party's over. Like, do I need an oil change? Sounds like the... <laughs> something going on there. Just... <laughs> the gears are grinding a little. I thought it, I thought he had bet the over uh, in Vegas oh, for length of song. <laughs>